All right, so we can get into it. Welcome to tonight's episode of Claw Combos. We have an exciting guest today, Emily Hockman. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Hey guys, this is Sheila and Maya Dunn, and you're listening to Claw Combos. featured in Business Insider, Thrive Global. Um, She was named Bucknell University's 13 under 35 innovators and was part of the 2020 class of Forbes 30 under 30. 2021. 2021. Oh, yes, yes. And so we're really excited to have her and have her provide some insight into her um, business wellery. And I'll let you explain that, Emily. Um, what, What exactly is wellery? Yeah, sure. So Wellery is a mobile app. We're available in the App Store and Google Play. And we very simply connect consumers with certified nutrition experts. So if you are someone who is looking to learn how to eat healthy, if you want to prioritize how to eat, what to eat, why to eat, if you're looking to lose weight, if you want to start talking to a nutritionist, we bring the nutrition experience all in apps. You can simply download our app, create a profile, you get matched with the Wellery Nutrition Coach, and then utilizing data technology and human experts, we build a very personalized plan for all of our consumers to really learn how to eat on a day-to-day basis and really start to build healthy habits. Awesome. Uh, Just to give like a background on that company, how did the idea kind of start and how do you think it's evolved since when you launched? Yeah, great question. Um, it all came from personal experience. So when I was in college, I dieted like crazy. I was terrified of getting the freshman 15. And unfortunately I ended up with none of the guaranteed results that, that a diet promises you. Um, and I actually ended up very sick instead. Doctors told me to take medication. I said, no, thank you. There has to be a better way. And for me, I found nutrition to be my cure. So I ended up enrolling in a secondary school called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, became what's called a certified health coach, and was actually able to cure myself of every single potential chronic illness, utilizing the power of food as medicine. When that happened, I became absolutely obsessed with food and how impactful it can be and what it can do for you. And I told every single person I knew, and everyone had their own relationship with food and their own story, and no one knew where to turn. So when I started to talk to the experts, health coaches, nutritionists, dietitians, and what I found was they were struggling as well, lacking innovation, lacking technology, very fragmented industry. So I became obsessed with this idea of how do we help the hundreds of millions of Americans who are struggling with learning how to eat healthy with the hundreds of thousands of nutrition experts who can help? How do we do that? And how do we build, how do we match them and connect them? And how do we do that built on a brand that's culturally relevant for today and backed by technology so that we can scale? Um, and so with that, I was working at a tech startup in New York. I quit my job, started building, and we, you know, we are still building on that same, mes- you know, same mission. Um, you know, the evolution of the product is so much better than I ever dreamt and so much more beautiful. And I'm just so proud of everything we've built, but we're still, uh, we're still very much going after the same North Star. Mm. And so our last guests, we were asking them how they decided to make the jump into entrepreneurship. I was reading that both of your parents were entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that you've always been an entrepreneur and always had a vision of starting your own business? And was it easy to make that jump or did you have a lot of reservations and hesitations? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I like to say I'm a responsible risk taker. So um, I didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to quit my job and start a company tomorrow. Um, I had started thinking about Wellery for quite some time before I decided to jump. Um, honestly, most notably, and I say this pretty honestly to everyone, like I also had started to save up. You have to be financially responsible uh, in order to leave a full-time job with a salary. So um, for me, it was actually a lot of months in the making. When I first started thinking about Wellery, I spent probably almost a year researching, talking about it, like really understanding is, is there something here? Is there something here enough that I'm going to leave a great job and actually go pursue it full time? Does it exist? What are the competitive landscape look like? You know, does the market, is the market really there? So spent a lot of time really thinking about that. And then um, by the time I, I left my job, you know, I had spent six months preparing for that. So I really like to say I'm a responsible risk taker because, um, you know, I did the legwork to say, okay, now we're going to start, you know, now I'm going to start a company and this is the type of company I want to start. And I did the research to understand, you know, the difference between small businesses and venture backed businesses and which path did I want to take and why. And, you know, I did a lot of that, that thinking upfront before I just said, all right, now it's go time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We kind of have seen that trend in other interviews of like the preparation time and actually, you know, it's definitely a risk in some regards, but being able to mitigate that. Yeah, risk. In, in a way. Um, do you think so? Like Sheila mentioned, both of your parents were entrepreneurs. Do you what do you think or give credit to really preparing you to then start a business? Would it be your parents or like college or a combination of something? Yeah, it's a great question too. Um, I'll answer actually something you asked previously, which is I did always want to start a company. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, my older brother has a corporate job and he was the first person in our family to have that job. And that was like the, you know, that was the different type of job as opposed to, I think in most traditional settings an entrepreneur is probably, you know, outside of the norm. So um, for me, it was definitely, I always wanted to start a company and when I graduated, you know, I, I was an art history major in college with a double minor in dance and Italian. I did not study business. I did not study entrepreneurship. It wasn't even offered at my college at the time. It is now, which uh, I'm very excited about, but I was not offered when I was there. And what I do credit though is, um, you know, I never wanted to be an art historian, uh, but what I loved about the college I went to was a liberal arts school and I tried everything. So I was always like, starting businesses, trying things. I worked in college admissions and then I worked at this like cafe and then I was a leader in my sorority. So I was always trying different things because in that way it was really helping me figure out what do I like and what do I not like. And what I can tell you and anyone who's worked with me can tell you is I'm also at workhorse. I just love working. Like I just work all the time. I think it's exciting. So for me, starting a business always made sense. The, you know, the idea of burning the midnight oil excites me instead of deters me. Um, and then it was really a matter of trying to figure out the, what is, what, what is the company I'm starting? Right. I have a, a really big thesis around company building. And one of the things I say to people who come to me with businesses is, are you solving a problem or are you solving an inconvenience? And if you're solving a problem, it's really strong. And you can be very clear on what is the problem you're solving and why and how, and does it exist or does it not? And if you're solving an inconvenience, you know, I challenge people to think deeply, 
that that inconvenience might stink and it might need to be solved, but is that going to be an inconvenience in five years from now? Right. Like, is that going to be something that people will really spend money on? And so I spent a lot of time thinking, what's the company I'm going to start? Is it a problem or an inconvenience? You know, how do I think about that? And um, I did always want to start a company, but I, I waited until, you know, right time, right place, right idea kind of just all came organically. But um, I say I'm always a responsible risk taker and I always wanted to, to start a company. So I'm, I'm, none of that is accidental. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually interesting um, about like, you know, your, your majors and minors, because we actually went to Colgate University. So it's similar, similar kind kind of liberal arts. Um, and I'm a biology major. So everyone like in the business world, when I get interviewed or something and they're like bio, like, what are you doing? But I, I think it's really interesting to have that like diverse thought that you can just add to problem solving and different ways that people have conversations. So yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting point. Um, same, same here too. And, and it wasn't something we could take. They didn't even have like, so I, I work, you know, been a marketing agency started started that my freshman year and they didn't have any marketing courses no business courses the closest thing I could really find was like an accounting but they had but they did really prepare me for that yeah well-rounded sort of how how can we solve a problem and I think that's a really great how would you like would you be able to in a couple sentences say the difference between an inconvenience and a problem yeah um how I think about it for my investment thesis is a problem causes pain and inconvenience is annoying. So um, Wellery solves a problem. The number one leading cause of death in the United States is poor diet. Mm. Death is very painful in a lot of different ways. Um, 88% of the American population is thought of as being at high risk of COVID due to diet-related disease. That's a problem. Those things are very painful. That's significant. And inconvenience, um, and by the way, there are, let me be very clear before I say an inconvenience, there are a lot of phenomenally, phenomenally successful businesses, like billion dollar businesses that are solving inconveniences. So I, this is like, I admire and appreciate. It's just the type of business I wanted to start. So I'll just be very clear on that. Um, you know, an inconvenience might be choosing between uh, sweater companies, right? Or like sweatshirt companies. Like, am I going to buy from this company or that company? That's annoying because maybe you like both of them or, you know, like this company is $30 cheaper than this company. That's an inconvenience. And maybe this company is faster shipping than this company. So they're solving for an inconvenience that this company takes a lot of time to get you your sweatshirt. Mm. That's annoying because you order that sweatshirt and you want it to be here in a day and it takes 30 days and this company delivers it in two days. So that's a better sweatshirt company. It's a little bit more solving an inconvenience than it is like a true problem statement. That's a great just point to bring up because I've never thought of it that way. And we're always coming up with different business ideas. And I think it is interesting to put that perspective on it. You know, what is the true like impact I'm going to be having? Yeah, that's just like that. That's my framing on company building. Again, when I did my hard thinking, I said, okay, what's the impact I, Emily Hockman, want to make in the world? And for me, I definitely wanted to solve a problem. There's a lot of companies that are billions of dollars that solve inconveniences and they're thriving. 
you know, you just have to think about what do you want to do in the world? Where do you want to be? What are the types of conversations you want to be having? What are the types of problems you want to be solving on a really deep level? Um, and my framing is always, are you solving a problem or an inconvenience? And I do believe that as you think about the tenure of businesses and the longevity, I should say, of businesses, there are trends in, well, those are problem solving companies and those are inconvenience companies and the traction they have, um, you know, after trends either die down or, or inflate, I think are relevant. Changing gears a little bit, but have you faced any challenges being a like female in business in leadership or like any stories about that? Yes. Like, okay. <laughs> how many times a day do you want me to tell you? Um, <laughs> no, you know, um, we're a venture back business. We, we have raised $4.2 million to date. Only 2.8% of venture dollars goes to female founders. So you know, that is hard just by getting started. Um, I will say I feel very privileged to be building a company at this time. I do believe the world is changing pretty significantly. I think in 2020 more than ever, companies uh, are trying really hard to think outside the box, are trying really hard to be inclusive of people that do or don't look like them. Um, so, you know, is it harder being a female? Yes. Uh, you know, I'm not part of the boys club necessarily, but um, I think that in 2020, so many of these clubs have opened up. And I think to be completely honest with you, it actually just gives me more fuel. I'm like, okay, cool. I want to change the statistic. When we raised money, I was really excited because I said, I got to be one of those founders that could significantly change this statistic. We just put a few more million dollars through a female funded company. And that's really important to me. So, um, you know, it's challenging, but I see that challenge more as like an exciting opportunity to make impact. And it just, honestly, it, I just, I'm like, cool, challenge accepted. Let's do it. Like, we're going to be the company that, you know, makes, yeah. <laughs> make the next founders feel like it's, it's, you know, doable. That's yeah. a great way to look at it. Yeah. I kind of, I, I tend to say the same, a similar thing in the sense of yes, you know, there's a lot of challenges and we're not there yet, but you have to acknowledge the fact that we're extremely lucky to be where we are today versus 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. Look, so. my mom, as I think you guys alluded to, my mom is a founder and when she was building her business 20 years ago, you know, it did not, there were not the opportunities that females have today. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's, and I want to make impact for the females who are building in 20 years from now. So, you know, it's, it's, um, I think it's a great time to be building as a woman, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so in that like fundraising and just with those stats, the way they are, did you have like a way to overcome people that were kind of, you know, being a female and like anyone that was like a naysayer or just kind of not turning you down more than you wanted? Did you have like a way to deal with that or move forward from it? Yeah. The thing I say when people ask me, like, how did you do it? Or how'd you raise? Or what's your secret sauce? Or all those things. Um, I have the same philosophy and the same piece of advice, which is you have to believe in your gut of gut. Like, I'm talking as deep as it gets. You have to believe in yourself and what you're building. Because it means when the people who say no, you're like, you're an idiot because you're passing up a billion dollar company. So it actually... You know, it's, uh, I believe so much in what we're building that the people who said no, and by the way, I got a lot of no's and for anyone listening, I cried a lot when I got those no's, like they stink no matter what, but I so deeply believe in what we're building that I'm like, you're going to be sorry. 
you're going to, you know, it's like, you're going to come to me in a few years and be like, oh man, I should have invested in that company. So I think you just have to have such unbelievable conviction in what you're doing and you have to have the willpower to just never give up. And, um, that's how I feel about what we're building. So, you know, do the nose stink? Yes, they're horrible. And I've definitely had my fair share of tears. Um, but I think again, they kind of just fuel me to say, you're going to be sorry. I'm going to prove you wrong. You know, like just, just watch out, get out of my way because in a few years you're going to be like, Oh man, I made the wrong decision. So. Right. Yeah. We talked about that in a previous episode, like um, even just being in college, like we'd have interviews or calls or something and not be able to study as much as our friends. And they'd be like, what are you doing? But now it's a kind of, it's, it's very rewarding um, to take it as like motivation more than any sort of discouragement, but. Yeah. You take the nose and you turn them into fuel to, uh, to just, you know, make you build that much bigger and better. Exactly. What are you most proud of to date? Mm. That's a tough one. (laughs) You know, um, it all happened within 48 hours, but, um, you know, when I started building Wellery, I could answer this so many ways, but I'll just tell you what comes to mind quickly, which is, um, very honestly, uh, when I started building Wellery, I wanted to build a venture backed business and I wanted to get Forbes 30 under 30 more than anything. That was like my career goal. Um, so when those two pieces of news came out within two days of each other, it was very, um, it was very rewarding and very exciting. And it was, um, you know, company building is hard and uh, I've now been building the business for two years and I basically have done nothing but built this company for two years. And, you know, you make a lot of sacrifices as a founder and your social life and travel life and, you know, what your finances look like and where you spend your time and your money and all those things. So it was, um, it was really validating and really rewarding to feel like it was all it all, it all is a hundred percent worth it, but to kind of get that recognition in a place that I really value and, you know, have always looked up to was really special. Yeah. And that's something, um, I mean, incredibly well-deserved and, um, an an amazing accomplishment. And it's something that from the outside people don't necessarily understand all of those sacrifices that go in for two years. They just see this, thing coming out and say, oh, wow, you know, it looks easy. But yeah, it is also important to talk about, you know, just how much hustle and hard work went into all of that. Um, There's um, at some point, I I would love to write a story about my first six months starting the company. It was like the worst six months of my life. I cried like every day. I just gotten out of a breakup. I like it was just I was like, it was winter. It was cold. I was alone. It was horrible. Um, but I think just company building. And again, you have that like true sense of this is temporary. Like I have to build this. I believe so much in it. You build resilience, you build grit, you build just a will to just never give up. And um, I think that's important. Do you have any stories of like early day hustle where you just like paused and you like looked at yourself and was like, holy shit, this is like insane startups or not, you know? The most glorious. Yeah. Glorified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a bad, like a, a bad story. Like this is insane or like a good, this is exciting. Whatever you can, but I don't either. You know, on the, 
on the good and the exciting, I've um, been extremely lucky to get in the room with some really incredible people, people who I have listened to them on podcasts or read their stories or read their books, you know, people that I really look up to and um, to to get in a room where I'm then talking about something that I created. It's like the most insane, surreal experience. And I'm like, you actually care about like some random thing that like I came up with, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's so, it's like one of those pinch me moments where you're like, this is unbelievable. Like, who am I? I'm just, you know, like, I'm just some, some woman from Brooklyn, some girl from Brooklyn. And, and then you get in the room with these people who you, you know, have admired and have uh, looked to and they, you know, and, and anyway, so some of those moments I think are the most exciting where I'm like, I can't believe I'm talking to this person about a company I built and they're like super interested in it. That's awesome. Um, so it's a good thing. And then the bad times, you know, you have to build something out of nothing, right? Like you literally have to like, this thing doesn't exist and you have to make it exist. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. There's a lot you don't know. I did, There's so much I still don't know, by the way. Like every day I learn something new, but you know, trying to figure out how to do everything. You get thrown into a job where you're like, I've never done this job before. And by the way, no one else has because no one's built the company you're trying to build. So every piece of advice is like, relevant but not actually exactly spot on because they're you know they built a different type of company so you know I think the I always say I think the first year and again I'm only two years in but the my first six months was so challenging because it was a blank slate that you just had to build on and that was really really hard what do you think you would looking back tell yourself during those six months if you could tell yourself anything you'll get through it. I promise. Like it's all, even COVID right now, it's so horrible, but this, this too is temporary. Like we will get through this. God willing. I don't know if I can say that on a podcast, but if all goes well, right. Like life goes on and you wake up the next day and Mm -hmm. you know, it's all temporary. So those first six months were so hard, but I got through it. And, um, you know, I believe a lot without getting too philosophical, but I believe a lot in manifestation. I believe a lot in fate. I believe a lot in the right time, right place, Mm -hmm. all that good stuff. So I just think, you know, whatever's meant to be will be, and just got to have patience, but patience is super hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We joke about that. Like we have no patience, but, but that's like the most important thing in business. (laughs) It's so hard. It doesn't get any, it doesn't get easier. You just get used to it more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Well, I have one other question. So when you, because you were talking about, you know, the first six months um, really bringing something to life that doesn't exist. What was most helpful to you? Like for me, having a co-founder was critical and having mentors. We had a program at, at our university that was all, a lot of alumni and parents. That was really critical because I didn't really, well, also our, our families of a lot of entrepreneurs, so I could turn to them. But um, what would you say was the most helpful thing in pushing you along in those moments of maybe, um, I don't want to say discouragement, but just when you're at, at maybe some low points, what was most helpful to you? mentors, people who I could talk to who would listen to me and just give a little, you know, like give a little feedback or a little, a little advice that would help me get just that much further along. Mm -hmm. Um, that was really helpful. And, um, 
you know, I tried to talk to as many people as possible, got as much feedback as I could. I built a prototype that I tried to get as many people to pay for and sign up and experience and then get their feedback. So just every bit of feedback that I could collect, whether it was from a mentor, a friend, a family member, a customer, a potential advisor, a potential investor, like just collecting as much feedback as possible helped me inch forward just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's those, it's little by little, you'll get to something, you know, much yeah. larger. And then you're able to, to string together trends and you can start to distill insights and you can start to really figure out how things come together. What is your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Oh gosh. Um, well, I love, I love the Wellery team so much. They make me so happy, but, um, and I love our customers and I love building. Um, and I think for me personally, I just love the people I get to meet, whether it's a potential investor, a current investor, a customer, someone whose like life we've changed, a coach who loves her or his job. I just, I'm such an extrovert and I just love, I love that this job lets me meet so many different people from so many different walks of life and really like make impact. And I think that's special. Yeah, definitely seeing the impact I think is something, Um, especially with COVID, I I do like e-commerce. So right now it's been really awesome for me to be able to see retail companies that we can help actually like get through this. So yeah, definitely a huge part of it. When we get um, a customer testimonial that says that this app is a life-changing experience, that is like breathtaking, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And <laughs> congratulations. What a, what a feeling. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. And then, well, I guess this is kind of similar and you mentioned a bunch throughout the, this conversation, but like you said, risk and other things, but what do you think is the most important skill of an entrepreneur or trait or characteristic? Can I do like three? Sure. Three. (laughs) This is from an entrepreneur perspective. I think the most important things to embody I would say, um, A, the will to never give up. Companies, ideas, products, they will take so many different forms. But I think as long as you don't give up, you will get somewhere. Um, And half the battle is like just staying alive. So just never giving up. Number one, um, I'll since we talked a little bit about, you know, having real belief in what you're doing, I'll I'll make this a little different. I think one, um, so never giving up. I think two, being able to take feedback is so important. You have to be able to listen. You have to be able to listen to what your customers want. I think sometimes what happens, what can fail is when you build something for you and maybe you're not actually your customer, you know, sometimes you, you, sometimes you are and sometimes you aren't. And so how do you actually build a product? Um, for your customers and for what they want and what they need, not what you think they want and need. So being able to really deeply listen um, and be open to feedback and be so hungry for feedback. Like every time we get a new customer, we jump on a call with them and we welcome them and we say, what do you like and not like about onboarding? And we're going to check back in in two weeks and see how you're doing. And we're going to check back in in two weeks on that. And so just having this like undenying hunger for feedback, I think is important. And then the third, um, you know, the third is just having so much conviction around what you're building, because if you don't believe it, nobody else will. So. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Three. Um, <laughs> the second one, I think I've definitely learned the hard way with, like we talked about, I was 
choosing products like this is a while back but selecting jewelry products and I was like these these earrings are so cute everyone will love them but as soon as I tried to sell them nobody <laughs> wanted them and like the ones I thought were ugly everyone was buying so like kind of a joke about that but I always try to really learn from that experience now um is there anything else you would want people to, to take away from this episode who are maybe in your shoes two years ago thinking about taking that leap? Any last words of wisdom? Um, the hardest thing you will do is get started. So just do it. Mm -hmm. Plan ahead financially and professionally. Um, but, you know, the hardest thing is like really just getting started, like saying, oh, my God, I'm going to do it now. So um, I say do it. The worst thing that happens is hopefully it just doesn't work, but the opportunity and the learnings you'll have along the way, I think are so unbelievably valuable. So mm -hmm. awesome. the risk taker club and just yeah, do it. Yeah. Just do get it, it everyone. Yeah. yeah, get it done, get it done. Is there anything we can kind of share with our audience about Wellery? Yeah, follow us on Instagram at Wellery. Download our app on the App Store or Google Play. Match with a Wellery nutrition coach start building healthy habits that love you back um, you know for anyone who wants to lose weight if you are managing a chronic illness and you want to figure out how to eat to mitigate any inflammation if you are someone who exercises a lot and really want to learn how food can help you optimize your health sign up we are here for you we would love to work with you and we have hundreds and hundreds of amazing amazing incredible unbelievably outstanding nutrition coaches who are certified experts who are ready to help awesome yeah well we'll link the link the app um in our podcast episode and on our website but thank you so much emily for for being here and yeah, yeah. great to meet you too and just talk thank you again so much for having me yeah thank you Bye. Bye. Have a good Bye. one.